0: In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing lessons learned from a church shooting. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today we're going to be discussing the article, The 2022 Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church Shooting. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net and look under the News tab. So let's begin in the Bible. This one is 2 Samuel 13, verse 28 through 29a. And it reads like this. Now Absalom had commanded his servant, saying, Mark ye now when Abnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have I not commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. So in this case, this, this uh, biblical case here, we have a little bit of a revenge motive here. And that's kind of what this shooting that we're going to be discussing today is all about too. A little bit of revenge, a lot of bit of politics in it. So let's jump into it. So on Sunday morning, May fifteenth, two 2022, the Irvine Taiwanese Presbyterian Church, um, which meets in the Geneva Presbyterian Church in nearby Laguna Woods, California, had two visitors. Um, One was the former pastor who had moved back to Taiwan and came back for a visit. The other was a Taiwanese-born Chinese-American living in Las Vegas, Nevada. This in particular Sunday, the congregation was honoring the former pastor who had, uh, was a guest speaker at the service in the chapel. Between 30 and 40 persons were there. An after-service uh, dinner was prepared in the fellowship hall. The second guest was unplanned. He had come from Las Vegas the night before. When he came to uh, to service, the receptionist asked him to fill out a visitor's form. He declined, claiming he had already done so at an unspecified time. While preaching, the former pastor noticed that the stranger, who came in late, sat in the back of the chapel looking at a newspaper instead of focusing on the message. After the service, the stranger from Las Vegas chatted with congregants in a Taiwanese dialect of Chinese. Um, this assured them that he, most like, uh, like most of them, was also from Taiwan. What they didn't realize at the time was that he had chained most of the exits and superglued latches and locks. This was to keep them from escaping. He had also planted bags with extra ammunition and Molotov cocktails. During the meal, the stranger pulled a handgun out of a bag. Some at first thought it was only a toy gun and um, part of a stunt. That was until he began firing. As bullets began to fly, a physician charged the shooter. And trying to tackle him, he fell when he was hit by bullets. The visiting pastor picked up a chair and threw it at the assailant, hitting him on the head. The gunman stumbled and fell, and members pounced on him. They hog tied him with electrical cords. Someone had called 911. The police came and arrested the assailant. The assailant. The bad guy. Uh, Medics treated the six wounded and took five to the hospital. The physician died. So in order to understand the motive behind this, we have to kind of get in some of the geopolitical type stuff here. So here we go. Uh, you can't understand the shooter without knowing about the Taiwanese divide. So if you're not familiar, we're going to give you a little lesson here. So in 1949, when communists um, when communists under Mao took over mainland China, the nationalists under um, Chai Kai-shek, Um, invaded Taiwan, formerly known as Formosa. Um, There they ruled with martial law until um, years after um, the leader Kang Kai-shek died. The native Taiwanese were suppressed while those from the mainland had the power and and privileges. So basically mainland China under Chai Kai-shek basically took control over the Taiwan, the island of Taiwan, and ruled with an iron hand under the auspices, under the authority of China itself. Um, the native Taiwanese are known as province-born and those from main, the mainlanders are known as outside-born. As Taiwan became more democratic, the providentials, those that were born in Taiwan, um, gained more power and the outsiders lost the privileges as the two populations became more equal. Um, outsiders largely favor the one China policy hoping to rule China someday. Um, the, providen- the providentials largely favor total independence with the separate national national identity and their dialect, um, dialect of national language not Mandarin the divide continues between Taiwanese even here in America. So basically you have the communists take over Taiwan, they rule with a higher in hand, um, then that leader dies, the iron hand disappears, the providence born starts to gain in population and start to control. And to this day, you have people that live there that think that they should go back and be part of China. Plus, you have people that says, no, we should remain our own country with our own identity, our own language. And so this divide continues throughout, even here in America, right? You're still going to fight Taiwanese on either side of that of that political ideal, I guess. The shooter was an outsider. His parents were among those who fled mainland China. His view of one China was not pro-communist, but the vision of finally winning a long lost civil war. Um, The shooter um, did well in this this country, owning an apartment building in Las Vegas, um, but then his wife had cancer, um, she moved back to Taiwan for medical treatment and divorced him. So here, for some of you that's kind of tracking how people become violent, there's usually an event. It can already be an ideal there that they support later, but then there's, there always seems that there's a certain event. So his was his wife getting cancer, moving back to Taiwan, and divorcing him. Um, he then became unstable. There you go. He lost the property and took a job as a security guard. So, things are really spinning out of control. He lost his main source of income. Um, He became a security guard. His political views um, became more radical. Um, He tried to join a new reunification group in Las Vegas, uh, but they said to him um, that he was too extreme, um, not viewing providential Taiwanese as humans deserving of life. So yes, he's definitely radicalized. Before going to Laguna Woods, he mailed a photocopy of his diary to a Chinese paper in Los Angeles. Um, He called himself the Angel of Death for Independence. The paper received it after the shooting and turned it over to police. The Irvine congregation um, was targeted because its members were pro-independence. He also knew about um, their former pastor visiting, and the attack was meticulously planned. I mean, if you think about that, he had Monotov cocktails. He planned, he chained doors shut. He used super glue on locks and levers to kind of try to keep them in. Um, Yes, he definitely extra ammo, all that kind of stuff. What followed? Um, the physician was the only fatality. He's known as a hero because of his. Um, he charged the disruptor, uh, and disrupted the shooting, allowing more time to counterattack. The other five wounded persons recovered. The shooter was charged with murder in Orange County. He was also indicted on 98 charges by a federal grand jury, many for civil rights violations. Uh, both federal and state charges could possibly bring death penalty. However, California. Has a moratorium on the death penalty. The alleged shooter um, has pleaded not guilty to the charges. He is hard of hearing. Also, he has to listen through an interpreter. At the time of this writing, he has not gone to trial. Um, The shooting um, raised concerns about anti-Asian bias and violence. Um, When more was learned about the motive, it raised awareness of the complexity of the Taiwan issue. Okay, so some lessons learned here. So Wesley kind of, he, he covers this really well as far as failure to identify, right? So we had a couple indicators why he was still in, in um, Las Vegas, right? When he was still in California. You know, we have the loss of his wife. He's got the loss of this property. He's um, getting more and more radicalized. You know, even another group, you know, say, hey, you're, you're losing it. Um, people that were around him and knew him. You know, are seeing what's going on and seeing this guy's life basically, you know, circling the drain, right? I mean, it's really falling out, and there's a lot of there was a lot of opportunity there, I think, for there to be some sort of communication, um, either to the church or or not necessarily this a particular church, but if he had a church where he was there, or just people reporting suspicion, um, you know, disturbing behavior, you know, this is. This is very recent, so there's been a lot of conversation prior to this about um, public knowledge of people that are really getting out of hand, I guess is what I'm saying. We have to learn to kind of report, you know, it's to see something, say something. And sometimes the things that we're seeing is somebody in serious distress, maybe in our community, maybe in our neighborhood, maybe at our church. We have to be aware of that. Um, Wesley writes, the stranger at the greeter's desk did not wear a ski mask, um, but he did not identify himself either. So what we have here, and I I think, you know, he, he talks about, you know, how the receptionist may have been able to pry a little bit more about his refusal to fill out a visitor's card. Now, I don't know what their policy is and how much do you actually push for that kind of thing. But it could be, you know, just difficulty, right? He's being difficult, and that's okay. That's there's nothing wrong with that, other than usually in a church setting when people have, you know, a legitimate, um, you know, well well intentioned visit to a church, there's usually not this kind of re- resistance. As far as we know, they didn't have a safety team. But, you know, this for us, this would be an opportunity for someone at the welcome desk or a door greeter or something like that that sees this person, you know, they seem new, they seem a little bit out of character or they seem a little bit, you know, gruff with them. This is something that we want to teach them to then notify the safety team so we can make contact with this person. Hey, they might be new, you know, weren't super friendly, didn't seem right, that kind of deal. Um, Next one um, that Wesley brings up is the extra baggage. This is a really good point, is, once again, probably didn't have a safety team, but he's bringing in bags full of Monotov cocktails, you know, so he smells like gasoline. Um, He's, you know, these bags are being placed around, you know, around the building. Hopefully, you know, I'd like to think if we had an active patrol safety team, And what I mean by that is we're not all in the congregation. We actually have people in the lobby patrolling the hallways and the stairwells and the parking lot and the exterior. I'd like to think we'd notice some guy that's unloading bags from his car and dragging them in and strategically placing them around the church. The other thing is, is of course, now he's chaining doors. I'd like to think we'd notice that. Um, And then using super glue for locks and latches, you know, Hopefully, if we had a patrol, we'd be catching some of this stuff, Um, which kind of brings something just kind of random. Um, How many of you have access to bolt cutters at your church, like a utility room that maybe has some tools and some bolt cutters um, for use? I mean, I'm just you know maybe I you know I haven't really thought through this thought. I'm just sharing it now. It's kind of you're seeing me thinking in in real time. Is doesn't it kind of make sense? Like if if I'm if for some reason you had a delay in your patrol, and then suddenly you're doing an exterior patrol and you see that exterior doors are chained shut with padlocks on them not only would that be an indication of immediate risk and attack, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think maybe you guys could comment in the comment section down. Should we have bolt cutters? I mean, should, you know, obviously if the, it's an imminent attack, so probably bolting, unbolt, you know, cutting chains is not the number one thing to do. you got to run in there and get ready for a guy who's going to start opening fire here in a second but, um, still, is that something we want to look into? I don't know. I'm thinking out loud again, okay, violation of the norms um it's certainly out of the norm for a visitor to read a newspaper during the sermon, yeah, absolutely, so this is something that wes uh not wesley um that Simon talks a lot about, you know, violation of the social norms. When people do something that's outside of what's normally expected behavior or normal behavior given the circumstances. You know, I you know I think about sometimes, you know, we have disturbances at church where somebody will just go up on the stage, right? I mean, as soon as the guy starts walking onto the stage, we know this is a violation of social norms. You know, I think sometimes with the exception of... Um, special needs people you know sometimes they'll be standing in that front area between the front row and the and the stage if you've got a stage or wherever the pastor is and they're in that space walking around or standing there you know that can be often you know that is outside the social norms mostly that's kind of a no-man's land there however we did have have a person with learning disability and he would kind of pace in there and you know but we, we knew what was going on there. But anyway, my point here is this is we're looking for those violations of the norms. And if we see those things, like a guy reading a newspaper in the back row, we need to uh, try, you know we need to approach this guy. Uh, let's see. Strange activity, the assailant um, was not seeing planting bags. We already covered that. You know I like to think if we saw somebody placing bags certain place uh, around the church strategically that we would recognize that as a threat and we would take whatever action we needed to take at that time. So those are your lessons learned. I just wanna remind you before I let you go real quick is uh, we have a download that goes with this. I highly recommend that you go into the comments section, um, click on the link over there, get the download. The other thing I'm gonna ask you to do is this, is forward this email or you know, if you got it in an email um, or this link. To the rest of your team, at minimum, forward it to the rest of your team so they can watch it. And then when you get together, the next time you're together, you can have a conversation about this. You know, if nothing else, do we have bolt cutters? You know, I don't know. Um, But maybe you know. And maybe your team can have this discussion and make a determination if it's something that you want to think about um, and possibly have. I don't know. Um, Also, too, you know, a a big point, I think a big takeaway, and this is something I say so often because it's so often true, is this. If your safety team is just sitting in the sanctuary like everybody else, I'm not entirely sure you have a safety team. A safety team has to be patrolling the grounds before, during, and after the services. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, you're really a reactionary force. Um, you're, there's nothing, um, you're waiting for the worst possible scenario to break loose and then you're all going to jump up and start doing stuff. Um, I don't know if that's an entirely good plan. Um, you got to have patrol. You want to stop that shooter from either ever getting into the sanctuary if possible. You know, three out of four violent incidents start in the parking lot outside the building. That tells me that's where the safety team needs to be. But anyway, have that discussion with your team. Other than that, please please like, share, and follow um, our page. And, um, you know, other than that, thank you so much for being here. And, hey, let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.